I'm your man Edward Shelton from Starting Over Podcast, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. This is Swag Nito with Clicks TV, and you're listening to Dial H for Hero Clicks. This is Skylar from Generation Clicks, and you're listening to Dial H. Hi, this is Ryan Morgan with Glass Cabinet Films, and you're listening to Dial H for Hero Clicks. I'm Amber. And I'm Jason from Married with Clicks, and you're listening to Dial H for Hero Clicks. Congratulations on 100 episodes. I have with me my cousin and good friend, Austin Smith. Oh, that's adorable. I didn't know it was your good friend. And the man who does more teabagging than a 12-year-old playing Halo. The man who handles more bots than a backroom FedEx worker. The man who fills more gaps than a cock gun. And the man who spent more time on the mound than Satchel Paige. Hey, how you doing? Mr. Drew Alderson. We're back, bitches. We are. Episode 112. Dolly for Hero Clicks. Two sexy gentlemen today. No Drew Alderson. I don't know how to feel about this. Drew sends out his love and a special message to the fans that he has not forgotten them, that he is fighting for their honor as we speak at the Owensboro Rock. Did you see their uh, post on Facebook this morning about the Taco Bell breakfast? I didn't read it. What happened? So basically, they they were in there in their Dial H shirts, and this lady comes up and she's like, uh, what a... What, what are your shirts from? And they're like, they're from a podcast. And she turns around and yells back to the kitchen, they're from a podcast. Yep. So they're fighting for her honor down there today. Everybody loves that Drew Alderson. Everybody knows he's on a podcast. Um, yeah, last week we were off. We I was in San Francisco for a trip for work. It was really nice. Got to... Um, was it expensive? No. Well, it was... My stuff was paid for, like... We stayed at the Marriott, which was like the nicest hotel in the city. Uh, that was free. And they did send a limo for us, but because... Okay, it was me and another girl from work. And we our, all our stuff was paid for. But we decided to bring Ashley, and she decided to bring her boyfriend. Like, the girl that was with me also decided to bring her boyfriend. So, and they wouldn't pay for that. Yeah. So we ended up renting a car, which is super cheap these days. Yeah. Like, we got we got a rental car. It was, like, a, a newer, like, Taurus or something like that. Like, that, not not Taurus, but that kind of car. And it was, like, 40 bucks a day or something yeah. like that. With, yeah. And that counts insurance. Because that's um, the thing is the insurance costs are a lot more effective and stuff like that. Well, what days. you can do is just use your regular insurance through yeah. your regular insurance company and then don't have to pay for the, the temporary insurance. But anyway, so we ended up doing that so that we could drive around. Friday we went to... Golden Gate Bridge. Did you magneto it? No. I tried. <laughs> we want I really wanted to see Alcatraz. That was like the number one thing I wanted to do, but it that thing's booked almost like two months in advance. We oh, checked really? Yeah, we checked like three weeks ahead of of time and the only time that was available was like one random time during Saturday and that was when my work uh conference was going on. So that sucks. Um but we still got to go to Golden Gate, saw Alcatraz, uh just didn't get to do like the the tour thing. Um, what else? Then we went to Rodeo Cove, which is uh, a nice little place where you can go into the Pacific Ocean, which is cold as tits. Oh yeah, no, I went when I first went to the ocean for the first time. Like that was the first time I was like, "Holy shit, this is cold." The Pacific Ocean's freezing. Uh, when we went to Florida, the ocean was was wonderful. When I went to the Northeast; it was freezing. It was ice. Um. 
Let's see, what do we do after that? So yeah, we walked in uh, on the beach there. Clubs. Watched some people try to surf. Didn't see a whole lot of uh, extravagant gay pride stuff, Austin. I'm sorry. You were, very, you were very upset. I did see two guys just making out in the middle of the of the Golden Gate thing, which was different. Because <laughs> uh, I've no, you never see that around yeah. here. Like to be fair, I don't see two people randomly making out. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think all. I didn't think twice about it, but later I was like, you know, I don't think I've ever seen that Jeez. in Indianapolis. So that is a little different from where we're from. Um... What else? We after that we went to Mir Woods and walked and did some hiking in the redwoods. That was really cool. These, it doesn't dawn on you how goddamn tall these trees are until you're standing next to one. Like I was just they're they're taller than our hotel and our hotel was like forty stories. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, I was just telling Stephanie the other day that that's one place I'd like to visit one of these days because uh, that forest looks awesome. What else? I mean, there were some of them so tall you couldn't even hardly see the top of them. It was just ridiculous. It was retarded. Uh, so that was really cool. And then that night we just walked around downtown, went out to eat. The next day we went, I had my conference all day, which was really fun. And, uh, and What conference did you go to? They sent a limo for you. It's a, uh, I'm, I'm supposed to be heading our 3D, uh, well, I'm not heading it, but I'm like the only one of us that's like super interested in it and trying to push our cardiologists and our surgeons into it. But this 3D technology... That, were, that we use mainly in surgery for these valve, uh, not necessarily valve. Well, they are valve replacements in the sense, but they're non-invasive. Gotcha. So, since we can't open the patient up and do what we need to do, we have to have a lot of help from imaging, which is where I come in to play. Yeah. Uh, to get all this stuff done safely. So was it one of those things where like the company that makes the 3D imaging software? Philip. It was hosted oh, okay. by Philips. Yeah. That's uh, what I was wondering. And was we're like... getting. We have some 3D Philips technology. We're getting more over the next couple of years. So it's very interesting and very fun. Or at least I thought it was. Uh, I've seen the technology before. That stuff's freaking nuts. It's hard to learn, um, but it's uh, it's really really fun and and going to be pretty useful in the future. So anyway, did that all day, and then we walked, actually and I walked around Chinatown, which is really cool, and then rode a trolley all around. We we basically just hopped on a trolley, didn't know where the hell we were going, and then all of a sudden it got to the end of the line, like, everybody off, and I'm like, okay. Can we get, like some I'm like, can man. we get back on there? Like, well, yeah, but you're going to have to wait in line down at that one, and the line like wraps two blocks, I was like... Fuck. <laughs> I, so we ended up at the pier. We walked around there. We found the Giardelli, uh, I guess it's like factory type thing. Like it's like a store and they, like, you can see like the chocolate being made and all that stuff. Oh, that's cool. They serve like Giardelli flavored everything you think of. So we got like chocolate milkshakes. They were delicious. And then we walked back to the hotel. Uh, I like the city a lot. I'll tell you the biggest thing I noticed is everybody there is skinny. I don't Aww. think I I maybe saw five fat people the whole time I was there, and I was like, if this was back home, we would have seen five skinny people the whole time we were. <laughs> no, I don't want to go out there. <laughs> like everybody's riding bikes. I've never seen so many people riding bikes around downtown. Everybody's walking, so it was a nice change of scenery. I, I liked it a lot. But anyways, uh, yeah. So we didn't have a podcast last week. So we're back in the groove today. Drew's at the Rock with Harry, representing Dial H, and hopefully they have good luck over there. They are both playing 
basically the same team, slight, very slight variations as far as like resources and Force. entities. No, <laughs> uh, they're playing Peggy Carter, Atomica, Shatterstar, two entities on Peggy and Shatter, uh, Black Talon, and Drew's, and I think they're both playing the Orange Battery. So, we'll see how that goes. Watch Drew win the whole thing. Mm -hmm. We'll never hear the end of it. I know. We will never hear the end of it. There's no way. It's pretty good advertising because then his picture would be plastered all over the internet. It's true. I'm not saying I'm not rooting for the guy, but if he does, (laughs) I would be... Dear God. He's going to walk in the door for six. So, did you guys hear I want to rock this week? And we're like, fuck. I'm just going to be like, how the fuck did you do it? Anyway. Did Harry break his arms? Today we're going to talk about Civil War and Superman Brainiac at the end of the podcast. Yep. Quick some news, including Civil War. I'm sure all of you guys have heard by this point because it's such a big deal. So we've been wondering for a while what would be the next OP kit series. It is not a DC. It is a Marvel and it is in fact Civil War. I do want to bring up, because I do see a lot of people debating the whole Marvel, DC, how they're not swapping back and forth as often. Marvel keeps getting more than DC. But you got to bring up, there's two main factors to this that I think why WizKids doesn't typically do as many DC. One, DC is very controlling of what WizKids does and doesn't do. True. And they like to tie stuff directly into uh, um, recent sets. I think it's part of the reason we got the resources from uh, uh, Trinity War. Right, it's because we I, we could have figured we weren't getting a DC resource. Yeah, that kind of was was a sign, I guess. You know. Yeah, and then we just had Warlight where they gave us like fifteen resources. This is also very true. Um, but uh, there's also the fact that I mean, and I'm gonna get flack for this. I don't think DC has as good of a pool to pull interesting OP events out of. I think there's a few, but I think it does, but they're not as obvious. Yeah, like, Marvels are so obvious. They they really push their big quote-unquote event books and dc doesn't as much dc tends to do larger overarching things instead of like small focus yeah well i mean like i was trying to think of it the other day i was like okay they could do a kingdom come event they could do a flashpoint oh they definitely could do kingdom come yeah i mean like they exist i just think that dc wants to focus so much on newer stuff yeah exactly i think you're definitely right about that that's the main because even the war of light set was focused on modern new 52 characters and stuff like that it just had the war of light name yeah i feel i feel like if they thought rise of the first lantern would have sold it they would have renamed it that and no one would have known the difference well nobody knows what the hell rise of the first lantern even is anyway i like that story you would um civil war is four month event (laughs) i'm just kidding it wasn't bad uh, Civil War four-month event, pro and anti-registration sides, obviously. Now, the booster brick thing's kind of confusing. So, well, first off, there's going to be support for battle royales and scenarios, they said. Which is interesting, and I like the battle royale thing. Does I that think. mean we're getting, like, battle royale-specific boosters? Like, ones that are meant That's what we're that? trying to figure out, because when they showed the boosters, a booster brick had... Ten boosters, of course. Mm-hmm. It had four blue and four red with the anti and pro registration symbols. And then two special. But then two black boosters. Black boosters. With a like half and half Civil War symbol. That means that a full case would technically support one Battle Royale. With the black boosters. Right. And then you'd have the pro and anti registration boosters. These are the theories. And I agree with them. I That's, I, a, that's about the only thing that makes sense. That'd be the perfect way to, to like frame it up and everything, mm-hmm. I think. Um... 
as if we were just speculating up above too when we heard it was civil war like we were talking about i said personally i think they have to make it war lights and age of ultron suffer from a big problem i think and that is that they are sets disguised as op events I think they didn't feel like I was taking part in any kind of grand event or tournament or anything like that, really. Right. Um, Fear itself was a little... Was It was a little more, because it was Mighty versus Yeah, it was Mighty worthy. versus Worthy and all the that. The maps were all from key parts in the storyline. Yeah. Um, uh, same with uh, No Man's Land. I really liked No Man's Land. You had the faction system. It was better if you had a bigger venue. But I still liked the factions. You got little pieces for the different faction, like yeah. action tokens, um, and like the maps also were all key parts from No Man's Land. Like you just said with War of Light, it was I, it felt less about the story and more about just the. We're characters. trying to hit every single yeah. War of Light. Here's the here's the Red Lantern's homeworld. Here's the blah 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 homeworld. Here's this homeworld. Like that's. You're right about and so like when we were talking about it before before we saw all the details on it, I said specifically like they're gonna have to do pro and anti and stick us to it like they I would like to see them do pro and anti boosters, I think that would be a great way to do it. I know people are gonna complain because it means there's exclusive content to each booster or whatever or like stuff like that, but I mean that's part of what drives these events is exclusive content right and if that's a concern, you can always talk to your video about uh, your, mixing them. your to and and get something set up where you can change from month month to month or whatever but there's, there's also there's ways to do it yeah there's also the fact that i mean for us of course we're blessed because we have multiple venues but now i feel like playing at multiple venues like, yeah that's bef- true before i would feel like oh man i really don't want to do age of ultron at two different places definitely um and then uh overall um I think this is a great, great idea on their part if they do end up splitting the boosters like that. So do we think we'll get a resource, or is this finally the event where they decide, no, we're done with resources? See, this is kind of iffy, because I feel like if they had a resource, they would have shown it there. I agree. But That's why I asked the question. At the same time, I really want like a shield director resource of some sort. Maybe like an Iron Man well, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, Maybe oh, like true, Iron- we did just get the Shield Director <laughs> Iron Man. Shit. No, they could still do something like that. I kind of hope they don't do a resource. To be honest with you, I think I'd you have enough. You have enough uh, it, things here to generate plenty of interest for the players to be to be interested in doing this at with a with a separate. If they do separate boosters, where you can only get these figures in the pro, you can only get these figures in the anti, like. That's enough in my, at least for me personally, to drive me wanting to do this. I don't need a, you know, a uh, a resource. Or you can do something different that's not a gameplay mechanic. Give us action tokens every month for our characters or something. You can still do the because the good thing about the uh, resources, it's it's another incentive to play month to month because you want to play so you can get the next piece. Yeah, yeah. You can still put something in place like that where you give something month to month. The stores will still pay you to buy that OP kit month to month, but it doesn't have to be a resource. Well, I mean, Warlight... It doesn't even have to be something that's played. Warlight gave you participation actual figures as well as the resource right. pieces. So, I mean, like, there's tons of options. You could here. just do that instead of yeah. resource. But. Um, 
I think the uh, the other complaint I saw the most when Civil War was revealed was there was a lot of Ugg, more Avengers. Um, this event is happening next July. Well, next summer. So, June, July. Um, so, I mean, this is a year out. We'll basically be on the tail end of DC for four months, basically. Uh-huh. So, I'm not really that sad about it. And it also looks like, well, we'll get to the other piece of news here in a minute. Which is... Yeah, well, speaking of DC, they also announced that Superman Batman said has been renamed to World's Finest. I'm makes, very happy with that. Makes change. sense. <laughs> because Superman and Wonder Woman, then Superman and Batman, yeah. which is weird. Plus, I mean, you got the movie coming out, <clears throat> so you don't really need... Uh, either way. Anyway, uh, so Austin was referring to the big one. X-Men set is coming in 2016. 2016 yep. Surprised um, us all. We, uh... We know that Marvel Marvel CEO that was really strict on the no marketing Fantastic Four and X-Men just uh, mm-hmm. no longer works with Marvel. So uh, a bunch of people have been theorizing that basically uh, all these doors that have been opening up recently with people are uh, part of the result of that. And so that could be why we're seeing an X-Men set. That's also why they might not have anything to show off because it's planned, but they haven't... That that's, that's a good point and a good observation is... Rarely do they announce a set. I actually I can't. Let's let's think for a moment. Have they ever said at one of these at Gamma or Alliance or anything like that? Set X is coming out, and then shown nothing. And shown not a single sculpt. Never. They have never not shown something. There's always three or four figures at least shown, or the resource shown for the event or the set. They have never just shown this image of X Men. That's all it says. And they were one... X-Men said is coming. And if you watch the video, it's kind of funny, because basically what happened was they ran out of time, and he's like, well, there's one slide I really want to show. And so he flips through, and he he shows the X-Men thing for literally a second, then just goes to the end slide. Like, and the people who caught it were freaking out in the crowd and stuff like that. Like, they wanted to just let us know it's coming. So I get the feeling like they haven't done any actual, like, direct work on it. It's still something that's... It's why there's no definite release date or even a season. It's something that they just found out they're going to get to do. Yeah. So they're hype about it. However, this also means we could be seeing Fantastic Four. Figures. It does, Austin. So it because does. I don't think they could do Civil War without Reed Richards. You know, you would think they would not. Then again, we got Age of Ultron without, without Wolverine. Without Wolverine and Invisible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it might as well have been Age of Wolverine. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then the last piece of news is... We have some Ninja Turtle sculpts here, including two different sculpts of hand ninjas. I'm very happy. Which got me excited. The sculpts in general look very good. We had already seen the turtle sculpts, as we said before when we talked about it a few months ago. They are reminiscent of the original cover of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by Eastman. But we also see Splinter and April Shredder and two different hand ninjas. One with like a little katana. One with like a scythe type, like a a kami with a chain. Yeah, kami chain type deal. So, so uh, when you buy a gravity feed hunter, what's something that you want a lot of in the set? Generics. Yeah. So I'm very, I'm hoping that there's a lot of good hand ninjas and other generics in these sets. I want some foot ninjas. I want or some. Sorry, uh, I want some mouse. Although I think I want ninjas for any limb. Give, give me hand, give me foot, give me penis ninjas for that. I think I might have been actually onto something when we were talking about the the O not the OP kit, what's the word I'm thinking of? The starter set, the Mauser thing. The more I think about it, that has to mean that there will be Mauser horde tokens in that thing. Because yeah. they're tiny, they won't cost very many points if you know the characters. 
the and they like to do lately starter sets that have horde tokens in them. I mean, the last like four that we've gotten have been like that, so I would not be surprised. And that does it for official news. Anything new with you, Austin? You been uh, in anything? I heard you got some lightsabers. I, I bought some very expensive lightsabers. Um, got some uh, dueling quality lightsabers from Ultra Sabers for an upcoming costume I'm working on. Um, uh, a couple friends of ours have purchased them in the past, and so I figured I'd give them a shot. They are absolutely amazing, worth every penny I've spent on them. Um, we How spent- much are they? Uh, you can build a cheap one for about eighty to hundred bucks. Uh, mine were one fifteen each, but I got like rechargeable battery packs and crap in them. Put a little extra money into them. Um, figured it'd save me money down the line. Um, we took them out last night, and beat the shit out of each other for freaking like three hours with them, and I, I have like marks all over my body where I got hit. But uh, they're really cool. I haven't been doing a whole lot. I obviously I was gone like for a weekend for that trip. And uh, then I've just been busy at work with some other stuff, but I'm about to start doing some stuff for the blog, and I've been really enjoying playing these games for the blog here lately. I'm playing through Kingdom Hearts right now, the original, and really loving that. I borrowed that co- that collection from you and never got around to it. I think like that's going to be my next thing I want to do, is just knock out all those games again. And then um about to play God Hand for the PS2 for the blog as well, which I had always heard good things about, but I had just never played. I'd um, never even heard of it. It's a pretty rare game. It took me a while to find it when I was collecting, and uh, so I'm excited about trying that too once I get done with Kingdom Hearts. Oh, I played freaking Phantom Pain. I forgot this. This has been two weeks. I literally lost a week of my life to that game. It took me 99 <laughs> hours before I finished the entire main story. Oh, and Super Mario Maker. That's uh, what I've been playing also. It's really fun. Yeah, I've, um, I've heard really good things about it. it um, I, I, my only beef with it is that it doesn't unlock all the tools for you immediately, which is, to like Little Big Planet, it kind of does the same thing. The problem with Super Mario Maker is it barely gives you any at a time, and it has a 24-hour limit thing on it oh really yeah so it's like i've been playing it every day for five days now and i don't even have half of the tools like that's kind of sucks i agree but people have done some really fun stuff uh it has really cool amiibo support like for instance if you scan the samus amiibo you get samus in the game you can put you can put basically like a samus mushroom inside a block and then let players turn into samus and they have different animations and music like the Metroid music will play a little That's bit. Really cool. Samus will do a roll when you start running instead of the regular Mario sprint. Um, so people have done some really cool stuff with that, like like a Link-themed world and a Samus-themed world. But uh, I've seen some crazy stuff. It's really, really fun. I, I have suggested if you'd like to be a creative person. And the Wii U controller, it's, perfect. It, it's quickly becoming my favorite controller of all time. I was going to say, what little I've used it, I freaking love it. But it is perfect for Wii U, Mario, because it has the grid on it, you take your stylus, you just move your stuff around, like, it's so, 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 it's built for this game. Or this game is built for it, obviously, but, Uh, so I've been happy with that, too, I I suggest that. Rocket League has DLC coming, did you hear about that? What do you mean, like, more arenas and stuff? More, more stuff. Um, They said, uh, going forward, the new maps they're going to do are unconventional. So they're going to have the goals like with spaces behind them, like hockey goals and stuff. Interesting. Which I think is going to be nuts because people are already really bad about knocking it in the corner and just getting it stuck there. Yeah. Like, can you imagine spending four hours trying to get that damn thing from behind the goal? I don't know if I like that or not. <laughs> I love Rocket League. I've got so many hours. I've unlocked everything and I've got every achievement now. Um, on the mailbag, 
So, he does live, Austin. Who He's lives? back from the dead. It, does he? Because it, I was really worried for a minute there. Super fan Eric Lennell. Oh, dear God. Finally emails us. Says, hey, fellas, life's been hectic for me recently. We understand, Eric. You know, I don't. Life, I you felt know, abandoned Austin, and Austin doesn't have a real I life. I get emotional attachments to dumb things, guys. You can't play with my heartstrings. Austin doesn't have a real life, so he doesn't know how it goes. <laughs> I have a virtual life, and that's about it. But I know how it goes, man. He says, I'm getting, I'm working on getting caught back up on the podcast. While I'm writing in, how crazy was Anderson Silva's PED defense? So Austin probably doesn't know much about it. I have no it, idea what you're talking about. So, uh, <laughs> Anderson's was popped for two different drugs. Oh, yeah, that. They weren't your typical, um, your typical steroid type drugs they were more they were ones i've never heard of but they're banned for some reason or another i haven't really done much research into it but anyways his his defense his attorney's you know defense team's defense was that he has been taking some sexual performance enhancing supplement from his friend in thailand that can only be found in thailand and they have no idea what all's in it and that that is how these two chemicals came to be found in his bloodstream. So I have a but they refused to give give the <laughs> give the item or any information on the item. On on top of that, during the hearing, he starts off with this crazy ass defense. Everybody's kind of laughing. Then some of the reporters in the audience would put really funny ringtones on their phone and, and then set them <laughs> off, including, like, Let's Get It On and um, It Wasn't Me by Shaggy and stuff like that. So it was just kind of a circus. That is amazing. Um, I feel like ignorance is not an excuse. Exactly. That, like that, you... was his, his, that was his... That was what was pissing me off. His lawyer's whole defense was, we have to take into account that he was taking something else... That happened to have banned substances in it. I'm like, your job as a professional fighter, you should never take anything you have any doubt could have anything that would pop on. That is the dumbest defense to me. It's like saying, uh, oh, I didn't know that multivitamin I just found sitting on my calendar was human growth hormone. Like, yeah. Anyways. So that was pretty humorous. Davey writes in, um... Some of these emails, obviously, are going to be directed towards last week because we missed last week. He asks, if you could pick one modern age figure that disappointed you and you could completely redo that figure, what would it be? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, War Machine from Age of Ultron. Ooh, good good choice. I think they could have done that figure a lot better. We went over that when we broke down Age of Ultron. It yeah. was just way over-costed. And I, I'm so, like... Invincible Iron Man had some of the best war machines, by far, especially that Prime. Mm-hmm. To end up going into Age of Ultron and getting this one was kind of a letdown. I agree. Uh, is ASM still Modern Age? I can't remember. No. Damn. I was definitely going to say Miles. Yeah. That... For sure. Like, not only did they make him super cheap, like 39 points, but the dial was so freaking boring. It was just like charge super Ooh. strength and three three or four clicks of life like it's nothing exciting at all i've got one what's that the shazam from trinity war i think he could have been a, a bit better than he was the trinity war he was okay eh, maybe you're right because if i remember we were disappointed when we were looking at the spoiler for him i was just i'm more he's cool like he's not amazing i probably won't play him but at least he has some 
cool stuff like his banner click that um, buffs your adjacent dudes, yeah. you know. But yeah, I'm not I'm not crazy about the figure or anything. Um, there was something else he put on here. Oh, his blog coastalclicks.wordpress.com. Oh yeah, I've seen I've read a few articles off that. Very good. Blog. He said thanks to us for the advice about blogging, and he has no idea what the music was last week. He's failing miserably as a nerd. I don't know what the music was last week because we didn't have a podcast last week. So the music two weeks ago, nobody guessed it was, and and I figured nobody would. This was a tough one. It was Virtua Cop from the arcade or from that the was Sega a Center. nostalgia for us. I freaking love that game so much. Oh man, it's so good. Just played it for the blog and. Um, Do you have a light gun? And, no, I don't. But the Sega Saturn, it was no, it's fine. Quick. That's but, what we always. But use. you didn't have a light. I gun. did not have a light gun. But we'll be bringing it to White and Wars here and we'll play in some two player. And... I'm gonna get on freaking eBay and find us some light guns. Travis says, "Hey guys, for the next pod, do you think you could go over the Quinjet in depth? I'm not sure if I'm reading it wrong." But it seems really strong. Alright, so I have the Quinjet pulled up here. Now, I have not had the pleasure of playing it or even seeing it, although we will I'll get one today, actually, as soon as we get done with this podcast. But the Quinjet resource is interesting. So, you, to my understanding, you can't play the Quinjet resource without playing the regular Quinjet. It's... It's not like a resource that you can slap on any team. Yeah, it's, to it's my a plus five points. It's a, it's a plus five, not a straight up five. So, at the minimum, the Quinja has two point options. The top dial is 140, and it's not a bad figure by any means, oh, no. but it's not a super competitive. Uh, it has two cool pilot abilities that trigger whether it's Avengers or S.H.I.E.L.D., and it has a bunch of cool traits. I, I do like the figure in general. The second option is 70. And is also a decent dial, but is more of a supporty role. So at the cheapest, you're paying 75 points for this resource. So let's start off with that in mind. If you guys want to follow along, go to hcrealms.com and, and look up Quinjet. So now we're pulling up the resource dial, the golden part. The resource costs five points. The Quinjet may be pay, played without paying this cost, but if you do do if you do that, the di- this dial is ignored. So that's what it's saying. You can play the Quinjet by itself without having to use this resource, but if you do that, obviously you just don't get to use anything on this resource. Now, here's dial. the part that definitely makes me think the Quinjet has to be played. This resource must be assigned to Quinjet. Number two, clicking the dial. When you remove... First of all, <laughs> that just hit me. How the hell is this a resource dial that can be assigned to a vehicle? Vehicles aren't supposed to be allowed to be assigned resources, WizKids. I don't know. Are we at a conundrum here? I'm I'm sure it's clarified. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because, you know, the rule book says (laughs) vehicles cannot be assigned resources. But But now you're telling me that it must be assigned. Anyways, I'm just giving you shit for being really bad at your job. Clicking the dial, when you remove an ID card from the game using its call-in help ability, you may roll a D6, turn this resource's dial clockwise that many times. Now, it's not half of the result like the the um, other... The nope, so if you get lucky, you go flying down that dial. And if you look at the dial with this, it goes from 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, so on and so forth. It goes up by 10, and then later starts going up by 20. And... 
so as you can imagine, rolling a d6 and going up is uh, pretty, pretty nice. When Quinjet clears action tokens or takes damage from an opposing character's attack, after actions resolve, you may return this resource dial once clockwise. All right, not bad there either. So let's say realistically, you use one one ID card, you turn three clicks. Let's say an average rolls three floor three or four. Let's let's be reserved here. Let's say you roll a three. Yep. That puts you on forty. You clear your action tokens. You go to fifty. All right, we're already at no, no, fifty no, clockwise. Wait. Well, look at yeah, it would be clockwise. All right. Well, I'm, I mean, do you lose a click when it takes damage, or do you gain a click? That's no, you are you're always gaining. Okay. You always be gaining. Um, no pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. So, on average, you're not going to get to the decent clicks, and by decent, I mean, let's say triathlon at the very minimum, who is, what, 60, I believe? Yeah. Let me double check here. To I don't want to lie the on the podcast. ID. Pretty sure triathlon's 60. He is. So, you're going to need either a lucky-ass roll or at least three turns to get this thing to even be able to call in triathlon for free. Uh, it, if Quinjet is scored, the resource removed from the game is scored, obviously. The last part is, I have some time to help. Give the Quinjet a free action. Choose an ID character on your sideline of equal or less points that, than the resource dial currently indicates. Alright, so before I finish the rest of this segment... Let's talk about the fact that so far, it has not made reference to whether that these ID cards and ID characters have to be regular, separate ones that are on your sideline or part of the roundtable resource. They can be either one, according to the, the wording on this. Well, I mean, this already breaks one rule with allowing you to assign a resource to a vehicle, but would you be able to play two resources on your team? That is my point. I don't think you could. I don't think you can either. But you also usually can't assign resources to vehicles. Um, I'm thinking the only way... I just bring it up because it's worth taking a look at on the rules forums, whether this is considered a normal resource or not. But the other question I also have is, when you use the call-in help on an ID card from the table, is it the same as removing an ID card and using its call-in help ability? Yeah, it is because it says when you remove an ID card from the game, which is the same wording... As it is on the round table. It doesn't okay, say. See, I wasn't sure if it was the exact same as the round table or not. It doesn't specify. Yeah. But um, I still I still think for sure it can't be played with the round table. But I just want to throw that out there in case it hasn't been brought up on the rules forum yet. So you, you play your team. They'll say you put five ID cards, which is a lot of. I mean, that's 25, that's 25 points. points. Yeah. And then you're playing this on top of that. That's another five points. When you call in the ID card, they have to be equal or less... The figure has to be equal or less points than what the dial shows. And you still have to remove that ID card from the game when you do this. So you're not getting to call that person in for free. So to get to this point, you also already had to have removed a card and used call and help. So you're going to fly through your cards really quick. This yeah. is not... that. That's what keeps this resource in check and makes it a mediocre resource overall is... You can't unending, you can't just like continuously do this. You're only going to get to do it maybe twice a game. Unless you're just playing a ton of super cheap, like maybe I guess if you played a bunch of the shield. Yeah. Uh, That's what I was thinking was the shield The ones. shield level ID cards. But other than that. 
Um, you're and, not. You're only gonna get to do this maybe twice a game. And then there's a second part on that too. Another caveat. Yeah. So remove the ID card from the game and score it. Then roll a d6, turning this resource dial to the click number matching the result. So the highest you're gonna get to go is six, which is sixty. But that's kind of my point where I was saying you're only gonna get to do this twice a game. Even if you do build it up to 160 and you call in ID card, you're like, oh, well, at least I can call in another one next turn. No, you have to basically restart. Yeah. Not totally restart, but basically restart. I mean, it's still chance, too. So you could end up 10 points again. You could end up 60. I mean... That character is no longer an ID character. Can't ignore pushing damage and is returned to your sideline when it takes damage. Now, the character goes back to the sideline, but the card does not yeah the card has been removed from the game and scored so let's say you build all the way up what's the farthest this dial gets 300 so 20 20 300 so you could call in king thor for instance let's say hypothetically so if you call in king thor and this resets he can't ignore pushing damage so his power cosmic doesn't work if he had indom for any reason it wouldn't work correct and as soon as he takes one little ping from a bastard with precision strike he's back to your sideline and you just did all that for nothing. Yeah. So, it's not. I'm not saying it's a horrible resource, and I would never want to play it because I do think it. This fun. looks really fun, and it looks sh- fun. But the shield idea actually was a pretty good one. I don't think that your concerns about it being really, really strong are really anything to worry about. I think the two things people might be considering with this resource that make it seem way more powerful is one, if they're playing it for five points. Right. You can't and just play this by itself. It you have to play it with the Quinjet. So at the cheapest, it's going to be 75 instead of 5. And secondly, I think if people are playing this al- alongside the table... Which I also think will be illegal. Yeah. So I think keep an eye out for those two rule caveats. Make sure, check the forums, see if they're up. Um, because in our opinion, like looking at this, I see no reason you'd be able to play this alongside the table or be able to play this alone. Correct. For five points. Drake McGavin sent us an email a few weeks ago, and I said he had five really good questions, and instead of doing them all at the same time, we would spread them out. So we talked about our favorite objects. Uh, this week, we'll read number four. He says, as I mentioned before, I live in Indy, and I ran into a guy that knows you three. He said, I wish he would have told us who it was. Oh. Yeah, write us back, Drake, tell us who it was. Uh, he said that you guys used to play much more competitively than you do now. Why the change? Well, for one, we never really played all that much competitive to begin with. Um, I guess I guess we did play in a lot of stuff at Gen Con and did really well. Um, and also had that rock at GP and did well. But we weren't like traveling around to all the all these places trying to win their OP kit series or trying to win a rock here and there. Like we don't even go to rocks that are within half an hour driving distance. Yeah, if I don't, I I ain't freaking driving to even fifteen minutes away from. So we never really were that competitive, uh, um, in my opinion, yeah. compared to a lot of players. I mean, I can kind of see it though. Because, like, I play a lot. But we are less competitive now than we yeah, used to. That far. that much is true. Um, why the reason? I think it's a combination of... Our local environment changed, I think. Our environment changed a little bit. Um, I purposefully pushed our venue away from that in the last couple of years. We never really were that competitive to begin with. That I'm definitely not saying that. 
but I've pushed us away from it just to promote for several reasons. One, to promote promote um, a nice environment for new players, so that if we do have somebody who comes in, like we have a couple of players now that um, started with Yu-Gi-Oh, and now they play in our Age of Ultrons, and they play once or twice a month with us. I want to create an environment where when a player comes there, they don't feel like they're just getting the shit kicked out of them or that it's not a fun environment. So that's one reason I've changed it. The other one is so players can play a variety of different figures and um, not feel like they're basically just wasting three hours of their life every Saturday because they're going to get destroyed by everything else everyone else is playing. In fact, here recently, I changed our payouts on prizes to be completely random, unless it's an official WizKids event. So, today it's Age of Ultron, that's an official WizKids event. Prizes will go as they typically do. First and second will get theirs, and then we'll do one fellowship. But on a typical weekend where we're just doing a fun event that I make up where I get offline, everybody is essentially going to have an equal chance of getting prizes at the end, regardless of how well they did in the tournament. Yeah. I still keep scores, I still keep win-loss records and scores, and I still match up according to that, but at the end, that's all scrapped, and we just go by a random number generator to decide uh, prizes, and then we snake draft, so that if you do get unlucky and get fifth or sixth out of six players, you're going to get to pick twice and probably get like two rares or you know something yeah. like that. And I mean, I like it because like I wasn't paying into prizes. I was letting you buy me in and then pick pick whatever you needed out of it. But, like, I mean, with the new system, I feel like I can play, like, a bunch of jack shit that I really want to play that I know is going to get destroyed and still possibly walk out with something good at the end. Just have a good time with friends. So it promotes more team uh, variety. It promotes just an overall better attitude. And we also have venues within, definitely within an hour, but within really half an hour drive that do still do competitive, competitive things so that that is still afforded to players in the area and for the most part those players who are interested in that don't come to my place anyway yeah um that's kind of the reason why i do that and i myself like playing a variety of stuff i don't mind playing competitive i enjoy it from no, time once to time. in a blue moon i get a wild hair at my ass and i want to destroy lately i've haven't done actually i haven't done a competitive event in a very long time because i've been asked to judge everything um, including the rocks, but I enjoy it from time to time, but I would rather just play figures that look interesting to me. When a set comes out, I look at the either the characters, if I'm just really fond of the character in comics, or their dial and what kind of cool powers or traits or whatever they have, and I make a list of figures that I want to play. Yep. And it doesn't matter how good they are, how bad they are, it's more how fun or how interesting or, like, I look at something, I'm like, ooh, that would combo fun with this piece that came out a couple sets ago that I haven't played yet. Let's try those two together, something yeah. like that. And you can't do that if every week somebody's playing an Avengers team team with the main set, Age of Ultron, Hawkeye, and Brother Voodoo, and this and that, like, all in Like, you can't do that. You can, but you, you're, after two weeks of it, you're going to be already, already You're going to be, this. your heart's going to hurt. So that's the kind of the reason we've shifted in that direction. Plus, I and then the third one is something we'll talk about at another time. But I also just am not the, the more and more I mastered the rules of hero clicks and learned all the little small interactions, and then also with them switching over to the uh, online event system rules forums, I just don't think the game 
in its rules and its the game designers do a good enough job for this to be considered a hyper game that you should take super com- take uh, seriously competitively to begin with. It it's it's got competitive merit, but it's not the game is competent enough to play just fine. Mm-hmm. But it is not competent enough to play in a serious competitive co- capacity. This is not Magic the Gathering, and it's not even shouldn't even be discussed in the same yeah. sentence. And I'm not even a big Magic fan. I'm just being honest. Um, I enjoy this game more than other games, but it definitely should not be taken seriously competitively when there's too many rules interactions rules interactions that make no sense, and the rule the people who decide the rules flip flop from week to week. Because they have no, because there's no, I'm getting into this way more than I wanted to get into it, but because there's no <laughs> sense, there, there's not enough, there's too much the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. I agree. They need to have the same people doing the rules as the people who design the figures. And I feel like they have too many irons in the fire, they have too many people working on too many different things that interact together in the game. I, I think they need to really re, reconstruct their entire design team from A to B, if they want it to be considered a, a really competitive game. I think there also needs to be a better set of standards overall. I feel like uh, WizKids doesn't have a locked-in... They're getting better about it, but they're also getting worse in some ways, where rules are rules need to be standardized. If this wording is directly this, there needs to be a very specific, this is always what it means. Everything needs a complete rehaul, and I think they're afraid of doing that. For one, it's probably they're probably like, screw that, it's going to cost us too much time and work to do that in the first place, and it might shy away some players. I, don't th- I disagree. I think it would invite more players. I think so, too. Um, it might invite the players, that the crowd that you are wanting to avoid, though. Yeah. It may invite some Magic players that play super competitively. Because you know, as well as I, as I do, the players who... There are some players who play games like Magic and other things strictly because they like to be ultra-competitive and yeah. cutthroat. And there is definitely something to be said about avoiding those players. Um, so... That's one bad. That's the only bad side I can see of overhauling the entire system and trying to make it more competitive, is because you're going to attract the players that you don't want to attract, and you might push away a few that you that have stuck with you for so long strictly because of your character choices. If this game wasn't about comic book characters, I would not be playing it. Or comic book characters and IPs that I like, like Street Fighter, Halo. I just things want to like bring that. Up we need more video game sets in general. Ninja Turtles, stuff like that. So, anyway, that'll do it for this week. Hashtag Hunter Rants. Stick around if you want to hear about Superman Brainiac. We're going to do that after the. Oh, I also wanted to mention. Yeah. On nice. our question regarding the Quinjet that Married with Clicks just put up a video last week called uh, Dial It Up How to Use the Quinjet Resource Dial. Yeah, so, and I watched this is a very good video. So go to that and get more information on the Quinjet. And as we saw when they were uh, as guests for us, like they, I think their grasp of the rules is co- quite good. Yeah, yeah, she, she knows her stuff. So um, I can't remember who it was who emailed us that when we talked about the Quinjet, but go check that video out as well. Before we move into comics, just some brief notes. Um... Austin's a sexy bastard. That goes without saying. If you if you think you know what the song is from the video the video game song, be sure to email us in. 
or hit us on Facebook or Twitter. On Facebook, we are Dial H for Hero Clicks. On Twitter, we are the same thing. Uh, our mail is Dial H for Hero Clicks. That's all one word, no number four, just all spelled out at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, anything, send it to us, or even just a slight guess at what the what the recipes uh, recipes apparently. I don't know. Why not? <laughs> I'm trying to learn to cook better. Anything but dick pics, we're on board. Wait, what? If you want to stay, <laughs> if you really want to send us a dick pic, go back, find Austin's phone number. Please don't from that episode way back in the day <laughs> and send them there. It was my birthday this week. <laughs> If you want to listen to some comics talk about Superman Brainiacs, stay tuned after the following music. We'll see you guys next week. Later, guys. So thanks to you guys who stuck around for some comics talk. If you've listened to the last few times we've done it, you know that we are basing our reading choices around recent sets or upcoming sets. So um, we did Nick Fury here recently. We're about to move, and we did Red Sun before that. We're about to move into Superman and Batman-related things. World's finest we decided to do one Superman story and one Batman story, as well as Kingdom Come. And uh, this week we'll be talking about Superman and Brainiac. I guess the official arc is just called Superman colon Brainiac, basically. Yeah, it's an arc of action comics. It's a very short run, uh, or not run, arc, from Action Comics number 866 to 870. It was written by the great, the magnificent, the best writer of all time, Jeff Johns. Illustrated by Gary Frank. And this was back in 2008. Um, some things about the book in general. This was pre-New 52, obviously. This was around the time that... Actually, this has happened to Superman a lot, come to think of it. He goes through lulls as a in sales as they bring in writers. I've it's a not to get into it too much, but it's a thing I've talked about before, probably on the podcast, is that Superman's hard to write for. He in general is not a strong, care easy to write for character like Batman is. Um, and so a lot of times when they just throw any writer at him, the books turn out to be overall pretty boring. Not necessarily bad. But definitely not interesting. It's so, hard to write a god. DC from time to time, actually, obviously both DC and Marvel do the same thing. When a when an IP is struggling, they will throw their strongest writer at it for a while and, and get it back on the rails, which is what Hickman did with Fantastic Four, and um, DC notoriously uses Jeff Johns for that. So Hashtag bring back uh, Hickman on Fantastic Four. They. Um, they so DC sicked Jeff Johns on Superman and 
said, hey, give it some good shit. So then he wrote All-Star Superman, which is arguably one of the best, if not the best Superman arc of all time. And some other good good uh, little runs and uh, good arcs. And so this is one of the better ones. One that I had always heard was good, but never personally read. And Austin's read hardly anything Superman. So oh, yep. I thought this was a good choice. We also haven't... Uh, we also have been talking about Brainiac a little bit lately on the podcast and how we like him and want to see him clicks. And so I thought this would be a, a good choice. Yeah. I mean, right off the bat, uh, this Brainiac is definitely... In my head, when I think of Brainiac, this is the Brainiac I think of. Mm-hmm. This is the very humanoid, um, not logical half-machine Brainiac that you see a lot of in some other mediums and stuff like that. He is, but... But, but he's not like robot. But his humanoid side is more present here yes. than it is in typically. Um, and the character design in general, where he's wearing like the suit, the like skin-tight suit, and he's got like the nodes all over him and stuff like that. Like This is the Brainiac I know. This is the Brainiac I love. So I was well. It's discussed in the book that this is the then this is the first time that Superman sees the actual Brainiac. Yeah. He's seen different iterations of it. You can sort of think of it as Ultron, except with Brainiac, there is an actual organic thing at the center. At the center whereas Ultron is literally all a computer program that goes from thing to thing. Yeah. Brainiac is like Ultron, but also with organic components as well. Yeah. And as Austin said, this is, I agree with him, this is my favorite version of Brainiac when it shows his true side. This was the first time in comics his true side, his actual form was shown. And one of the rare times so far that it's been shown. I would love, on the click side of it, I would love just a, because this gets into like the bottling of cities and stuff like that, of course, which mm-hmm. Brainiac is known for. Um, where it gets into they bottled Cantor on Krypton, which that scene was pretty horrific. Like I was not expecting. It was one of the. That's one of my favorite things about this is um, it's dark. That actually, my favorite thing about this arc overall. It's not the best Superman story I've ever read by any means. I think Red Sun was a stronger book. I think All Star Superman is definitely a stronger book. But it was a very enjoyable, and this is a great overall Superman book. This is if I. If I had to give somebody, if I had to introduce someone to Superman comics to start out with, I think I would give them something like this, because it all the all the key characters are here yes. in some capacity, and they're represented really well. And that's what Jeff Johns is good at. He may not knock it out of the park with every single character, but he will give you a very enjoyable and base introduction to every important character. Side character to the central character. And then 5,000 issues later, he'll wrap it all up. And this shows Lois, Jimmy, everybody from the newspaper is what represented here. Super Girl, who I oftentimes find very boring, is actually I pretty, fully agree. pretty well written here. Um, and it dives into the family aspect and the history aspect uh, between her and Clark. She's really well done in this book, I thought. Probably more enjoyable than I've seen her in anything else. Um, you break into... I mean, you even get cameos kind of from Zod and characters right. like that back in, on Krypton. It also does a great job giving you a look at Clark's relationship with his parents yeah, and I their personalities really in general, especially Jonathan. Um, Jonathan plays a lot of, of key... Well, the the ending, obviously, is his death. Yeah. Um, but Jonathan is really well represented here. That's probably my favorite part of the whole, where one of my favorite parts of the whole arc is, is the scenes between Clark and his dad. I agree. Um, 
And then, of course, you have Brainiac, really well, and Lex as well. Um, but obviously, some central Brainiac story. I that's that's the best thing about the book, and the best thing about Jeff Johns in general is that he just does a good job covering all the bases. And if you're a beginner, I think that's why they put him on these books because they want to give like a starting point for people to get back into the characters. Yeah, he's really good at that. And I think five issues was a perfect target for this arc. I yeah. think uh, any longer, any shorter, and it probably would have lost my attention span. Mm-hmm. Um, I think five was a good sweet spot to introduce it all, wrap it up. Oh, and the other, I forgot one thing when I was talking about it covers all Superman's bases. It really goes into the history of Krypton. Yeah. And the whole reason he was sent and the whole reason that Supergirl was sent and everything. Like, it's crazy that that many bases of of Superman's base history is covered in just five issues while still having time to develop this whole Brainiac situation. Yeah. So I was impressed with that. I also, the art was pretty solid. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was good enough to, it wasn't like the best art I've ever seen, but it was good enough to to, carry to the keep story. you in the in the zone here, and um, it was pretty colorful and overall really, really well done. I want more Brainiac. I do want more Brainiac. That's all the, the book really did in the end. As I said, it's a solid overall book, but in it, the end it, it just made It did its made job me, as it made you want a taste of more. Yeah, it made me want more Brainiac. And it did end on a strong note. I thought the last issue was really good, and then it ended, obviously, with, with Jonathan Kent dying. But God, this makes me shiver thinking about, like, freaking tentacles stabbing into your forehead and freaking drilling your brain. Like, this is freaky. So I suggest this book, along with Red Sun, to anyone who wants to get into Superman, and especially, and I also suggest All-Star Superman. I would almost start with this book, to be honest. I think it's a good basis introduction into Clark. Mm-hmm. And then, then maybe do All Star Superman to really learn about Lex, and then go with Red Sun Superman because the Red Sun revolves around kind of knowing you the knowing the general characters yeah. and then seeing this base. It's kind of like Old Man Wolverine in that sense. You're going to enjoy it more if you really already have a strong establishment of the characters to begin with, because a whole big part of the fun of the book is seeing them in such different aspects. Yeah. So what are we tackling for? next week so we won't do it next we'll give it two weeks because it's such a long book i actually read it on the plane ride and it took me an entire four one of my two four hour flights to finish it and that's batman the long halloween it is a long book but it is magnificent um who's the writer on it uh i believe it's jeff Loeb, but i'll pull it up here just to be so a few weeks ago on our facebook and our twitter i announced what books we'll be covering over the next the next three books we would do, one was obviously Superman Brainiac, then Long Halloween, and then Kingdom Come. Long Halloween's going to be the next one we're talking about, and we'll be talking about it in two weeks. It's only 13 issues, but the issues are super long. Are they wordy? I, no. Not really. They're just long. Um, there's a, they're, yeah, they're just long. There's a lot going on. I I don't want to get into it. I was about to yeah, start no, no, talking about fine. it. It's it's very good. I had forgotten how good it was. So I haven't read it since like uh, like seventh eighth grade. Um, I had forgotten how good it is. And it too, just to give you guys a basic idea, it too, like Superman Brainiac, does a great job of representing basically every primary Batman character in some capacity. It's kind of good because there's a lot of random ass side characters, especially in the GCPD, that I don't know shit about. You may not get much of them but they are 
here in some capacity. Okay. I'll say that. And it's also just a great murder mystery in general. So, anyway. Okay. Definitely worth Don't reading. spoil shit for me before I get to it. Definitely one of the best Batman books. So, we'll talk about that in two weeks. If you guys haven't had time, pick that up. I'm pretty sure, I'll double check while we're on here, I'm fairly certain that the whole thing comes in one trade, typically. I know mine was all, that I own is all in one trade. Um... But I need to double check and make sure that I don't, it doesn't have any side issues in that trade too. That way, if you guys if you guys prefer to buy, because I know some people prefer to buy buy issues instead of trades. No, it's just long uh, Batman: The Long Halloween number one through thirteen. That's all we're going to be talking about. No side issues necessary or anything. If it even had side issues to begin with, I don't honestly know. Cool. So you can pick that up uh, actually right now in my comic shop. It's only fourteen seventy five. And I'm sure you can get it on Amazon at similar prices or maybe even cheaper if you have Prime. So check that out. We'll see you guys in two weeks to talk about that. And we'll see you guys next week for just a regular plain old episode. Later, guys. Later.